Welcome to the Good Reading Magazine podcast. Good Reading is a monthly magazine dedicated to books and reading and aims to help readers discover their next favourite book. You can find out more about the books discussed on today's podcast at goodreadingmagazine.com.au. I can see now that I shouldn't have stayed, but I did and it changed everything. What do you want? he asked me. I wanted, I want, the single verb that causes the present and the future to overlap. We drank vodka. I liked the way it made my body feel soft but kept my mind alert. You're so wet, he said. Not because he was practising a line on me, but because it was true. Unpicked, unstitched, unpacked, unmet. My breasts were large and heavy, and when I lay on my back, they fell to the side like a woman in a painting by Lucien Freud. I rubbed his semen into my chest and we kissed. He had the body of an ageing rock star, the tall frame thickening across the waist and over the shoulder blades. It was not fat, exactly, this gentle girth. It seemed almost muscular, but not quite, as if his internal organs had themselves expanded with age and power. This girth looked like a kind of dense hide or rind, a thickness that gave shape to an otherwise angular form, and which I found appealing, almost moving, the way this both softened him a little and increased his stature. Previously, the bodies of young men had often frightened me. They had hard hip bones and too much gristle. Their abdominal muscles, of which they could be so proud, made them appear reptilian to me. But Patrick was different. Stephanie Bishop is the award-winning author of three novels, The Singing, The Other Side of the World, and Man Out of Time. Today, I'm joined by Stephanie Bishop to talk about her new novel, The Anniversary. Stephanie, welcome to the Good Reading Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. The anniversary begins with a cruise to celebrate the marriage anniversary of author J.B. Blackwood and her much older husband, a celebrated film director, Patrick Heller. Where is J.B. Blackwood in her career as an author? J.B. is on the cusp of winning quite a major prize. She has had a lot of success as an author, but sort of also feels that she's been somewhat overlooked in a particular kind of way, and the news of this prize changes the course of her uh, career. She hasn't told Patrick about this prize, so this is a secret uh, that she keeps to herself as they head off on their cruise. But she is on the cusp of great change uh, in her life, and her career is about to overtake the fame of her husband's. So we find ourselves embedded in the bunker of J.B. Blackwood's mind. As a reader, I felt immediately uneasy. What's up with J.B. Blackwood? <laughs> That's a really interesting question. What's up with J.B. Blackwood? That's you know almost an alternative title for the book. There is a lot going on in her consciousness and in her life. She uh, is narrating this from after the time of these events. So at the point when this story is being told, she is in her late 40s and she's looking back really over the whole of her life and trying to make sense of some key events, some key relationships. So when we first meet her, when she's about to take this cruise with Patrick, 
She's grappling in particular with her marriage and the power dynamics that are at play there. JB feels as though at certain times she has made her own work secondary to Patrick's and didn't realise this at the time. Because he's older than her, they got together when she was in her early 20s, he was in his mid-40s, and for a period of time she was quite happy to prioritise his art and his film directing. And then this took a turn whereby she realised what she had um, not so much lost but downplayed, that she deprioritised her own artistic experience and the cost of this was starting to be felt in her own life. So that's one of the things that she's grappling is, is where her art fits in the status of their marriage, what she has um, given up for the sake of supporting Patrick's career. And she's also grappling with other decisions that she's made in her life uh, in regards to wanting to commit wholly to her practice as a writer and giving so much to Patrick. She's grappling with the fact that she chose not to have children. She's grappling with the fact that she left her family to go and live with Patrick in London. Uh, her relationship with her sister and her uh, father have fallen apart as a result of that. So there are a huge amount of quite deep, long-standing historical experiences in her life that she's suddenly trying to come to terms with all at the same time. I sometimes wonder if liking a character is necessary in, in any book, really. But in JB's case, I, I want to know if I can trust her. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can answer that story without giving too much away. Um, JB would like to be trusted. I wanted it to be a novel that was told in quite an intimate way, uh, in quite a raw way, that was a novel that had a feeling of urgent confession to it on the part of JB. She needs to tell you something. And it's taking her a while to get to the point in herself where she can tell you the thing that she is there to tell you. So there are parts of her life that she can't admit to immediately. But I don't think we know that straight away. We, we realise her level of trustworthiness as the novel develops. But there was a strong sense that in the novel, for me, in the process of writing it, that I wanted the reader to feel deeply connected to JB, to feel invested in her life and to be complicit in detecting what is going on in terms of the truthfulness of her as a narrator. JB reflects on her relationship with Patrick, a reflection on her on Patrick's influence on her own life and her work, Patrick as her origin story or one of them. JB is quite interested in interrogating how much emphasis we place on origin stories. She knows as a writer how origin stories are emphasised in the development of a novel and in, in the publicity process of promoting a novel. She's interested in how her own work is positioned in relation to origin stories. She kind of takes that idea of an origin story and attaches it to her own life, identifies Patrick as the beginning of her work. He was her mentor, he was her teacher, uh, he was the person that uh, provided for her in a material way uh, in her 20s that allowed her to develop the work that she did on which she then became as successful as she has become. So she is indebted to him and I think she comes to a point in her own life where she starts to resent that level of indebtedness uh, and in some ways perhaps wants to take revenge on him for that. Feels angry at how much he has given her and how much she has willingly taken without realising uh, the cost of that to her own independence. 
JB's story is told in such an intimate way and through every aspect of her life too. You write about the physical side of JB's relationship with Patrick in such a natural way, raw as it is at times. The relationship between JB and Patrick was so, um, there was such a strong sense of physical attraction between them when they first got together. So it's a very, very uh, important strand of the story, that physical relationship that they have and how that changes over the course of their marriage uh, from the point when JB is in her early 20s to when she's in her, her 40s. So it charts that that um, waxing and waning of desire between them. When they first get together, this desire is very intense. And then uh, as they grow older together, the alterations are significant in that there is still that intensity, but it's not as continuous as it was when they were young. So there is, it's true that that physical relationship is part of the narrative. It's also the case that it was really important to me in crafting the character of JB that I was thinking about women's experience in their bodies. Often that had to do with sex and it had to do with quite detailed sex that was told through JB's perspective. It was important to me as a kind of feminist reclaiming, I suppose, that this sex scene was owned by JB. It was her experience. She wasn't actually that interested in whether Patrick was having a good time. And and that was important to her character. It was also a sign of where they were up to in their relationship at that stage, that she would take this if he was going to give it to her and that was fine. And then, you know, they could go on their merry way. Um, the detail of the sex scene... That's how JB analyzes it and unpacks it. Uh, in some ways, she sees it after the fact in a slightly dissociated way. She's commenting on the sex scene after it has occurred. She's not narrating it uh, in the midst of that experience. So in keeping with the way she assesses the world, I think she will attend to that in great detail and be interested in the nuances uh, and discrepancies in the unfolding of that relationship and what how she gauges you know this is her moment of detection as well depending on how patrick is with her in those moments uh, is a sign for her as to where where he's situated psychologically in in their marriage how he's um attending to her or not attending to her uh, is something of great importance she controls the situation so that there are certain things she won't let him do um certain pleasures she will make sure that he has to uh defer um she takes control of the scenes with him when they are intimate in that way particularly when she's older when she's younger it's different and i suppose this is partly why those sex scenes are key to the development of the narrative and that you see the power relationship between them changing in those moments from when she uh, is taken home by him when she's in her 20s to when they are on the cruise ship when she's just turned 40 and how that relationship, how those um, experiences of sex change between them uh, across those decades. So JB is now a prize-winning author, but now she's also Patrick's widow, the widow of a cinema god. How does that colour her success? Poor JB. Just at the moment when she feels that she has really triumphed and seized the glory that she's kind of been after for so much of her creative life, Patrick dies, which in a way frees her and allows her to say what she wants. It allows her to say what she says in the book, which she might not say had Patrick lived. But it also means for her that at the, the moment of that greatness, she suddenly feels that she is still, and perhaps even more so, being viewed as Patrick's wife. Um, being viewed in relation to Patrick as his widow. If she has a kind of lingering resentment or point of distress in terms of their relationship, it's that she could not get out from under his shadow. 
And she finally wins this prize and thinks, this is my moment, and he dies. And she is still being seen in relation to his greatness and his art because she is, you know, yoked to his death. Uh, so, yes, this is a point of um, surprise and distress for her that even now, even now, after all of this, she's still being seen in light of his greatness and his art. I really love JB. She's a character that I feel um, enormous affection for and it was incredibly fun to write her character and to, to give her the freedom to think about these things. It was really important to me um, to develop a first-person narrator that was a woman that could think into the way in which women's art is contextualised, the way in which the novel is positioned, what we celebrate and reward, uh, what we recognise. She has been in the game for long enough to be able to pick it apart a bit. And so in this moment, she's on the cusp of having to speak about the prize uh, and think about her work in the context of the prize uh, and has has had to think very carefully and clearly about the nature of her books, where they're positioned, what they mean. Yes, she is a literary novel. Yes, she wants to write a novel that is also quite pleasurable. This is different from the kind of books she has written before that were um, more literary, perhaps. She is feeling... Um, I think it would be fair to say that she's feeling fairly irritated at um, the way in which... Publishing culture celebrates a certain type of book that tends towards issues. I think she says something to the effect of that they, they say the right words, but out of tune. Now, I don't know what JB wrote before, so this is a mystery to me. I don't know her backlist. My suspicion is that those books of hers were perhaps not as well received as she wanted them to be or that they were viewed in a certain way, and this has fueled her her kind of lingering irritation and discomfort uh, with with the project of the novel for her. So what she has tried to do and now what she is being surprisingly celebrated for, uh, she wasn't expecting this, uh, is that she's being celebrated for writing a book that to her seems like it ought not to uh, have garnered such praise, that it's not in keeping with the books that have been celebrated so far. So she's trying to write a book that is a book that speaks to her contemporary experience as a woman and that uh tries to see the world from a female perspective in this sense she's again trying to escape from under the rule of patrick i suppose from she's trying to write outside of her marriage in the context of this book with the anniversary have you written the prize-winning novel that jb blackwood wrote <laughs> that is not for me to say <laughs> Um, who knows? Who knows how anything pans out in the literary world? Um, in the end, you, you write the book that you need to write. And honestly, I try and ignore anything that happens around the publication of a book. Um, yeah. And so does JB, I think. Is this a book about the novel an author might want to write, but because of external factors, pressures even, cannot be written? That's certainly how JB perceives it. For her, this is a really private book. This is something that... 
um, she's compelled to write, that she's writing it in a situation which I, I won't give away because that will plot spoil. She's writing it in a very confined, a very isolated environment where no one else is necessarily able to read or perceive what she's doing. So it's quite urgent for her. I don't think she really sees it as a book that she's writing. It, it's, it's a compulsion to get this off her chest and to understand what has happened um, to kind of face the truth that, that she couldn't face earlier on in her life. Um, in that sense, yes, I think she probably sees it as a, a, a book that she would not have written had she been writing it in, in the public eye or as a public figure. She has retreated uh, from public life at the time of telling this story. Uh, so, yes, in some ways, the answer to that question would be, yes, it is the novel that she couldn't have written as a novelist. She has to write it uh, as a different kind of person at a different time in her life. It might be interesting to ponder what her next novels might look like. I do wonder that, actually. Um, and hers is a voice that I now can't seem to escape um, in that it's a it's a character voice that um, I lived with for a long time and became very attached to. And, and I do have a feeling that she might have other things to say. While we do spend the entire time as witnesses to JB's consciousness, there's also a deep sense of mystery of an emerging psychological thriller winding its way through the anniversary. It was really important to me that the reader was involved in understanding what was happening and that the reader was potentially always just one step ahead of where JB was, that by the time you realised how the pieces fitted together, you knew that before JB told you that. So, yes, I wanted to write a book that sat between the literary novel and a psychological thriller and that could straddle that kind of genre divide, but also... I was perhaps less in interested in the idea of crime and criminality and more interested in the idea of, of detective work, of how we might put a story together, how we understand what is going on, the motives of a character. So, yes, the reader is really the person that, that knows all of that first and that is one step ahead of JB. Let's consider for a moment some of your earlier novels, Man Out of Time, explores mental health, and then The Other Side of the World explores motherhood, marriage, and the meaning of home, what home is. The deeply personal seems to be a thread that works its way through your storytelling. I think the deeply personal is at the heart of the novel in general. Novels are about deep experiences. They are about the ways our lives are connected. They're about our relationship with the world. It's a vehicle in which you can think about and, and really feel a connection with those quite intimate things that matter most to us. Otherwise, I would read nonfiction. You know, I mean, I go to the novel to find those very deep, empathetic connections with things that sometimes we, we can't actually talk about easily, you know, outside of that. There is a way in which you can engage with those, those quite urgent, very personal experiences in the novel that I, that I think is, is rare. Uh, for me, I... I don't know. I mean, I think everything anyone writes comes from lived experience in some ways, even if that is secondhand experience, a conversation you've overheard, something you've seen that's not yours, that we're always transforming and channeling those experiences, however near or far they are from us. The anniversary isn't biographical in any sense. I was interested in the way women think about their stories, their life stories, the way we tell our life stories, who feels how we own our stories, who owns our stories, especially in the context of marriage and intimate relationships and art, there are really high stakes there as to who has the right to tell a story. 
which parts of a story can you lay claim to? And I think if anything, that that is the common thread through my work, that in the other side of the world that was, well, how do you tell that story of motherhood that is outside of the public eye? How does she own that experience? And a similar question in Man Out of Time in terms of mental illness. Um, so it's my, I'm very interested in claiming ownership to stories and figuring out the power balance in, in who can tell a story, which parts of our own stories can we tell or can we acknowledge? Stephanie Bishop, thank you so much for joining me on the Good Reading Podcast. It was great to be here. Thanks for having me. Subscribe to Good Reading Print and Online Magazine at goodreadingmagazine.com.au.